1: podcast here with the Chiefs making two big moves after a very quiet day. We were in a situation where it seemed like we were waiting. We have the Chargers making moves. The Broncos recently were able to land Russell Wilson. And we're wondering are the Kansas City Chiefs going to get involved. Pete Sweeney here with Stephen Serta, Serta, our Arrowhead Pride audio producer, our lead analyst Ron Kopp. We have two moves to talk about, so we'll first discuss the Chiefs agreeing to a three-year deal with safety Justin Reed, and I think what was even more a surprise is shortly after that announcement, news broke that the Chiefs would find a way to keep Frank Clark here in Kansas City, which is a little bit of a stunner. I think we all kind of saw the writing on the wall when it came to the Chiefs moving on at safety. It seemed more and more likely that Tyron Matthew. Would depart. I think this solidifies that quite a bit where Matthew is going to be with a new team. It's going to be odd to see that next year. But what you get is the Chiefs landing a 25 year old with a lot of upside who can do a lot of the things that Tyron Matthew does. We threw this up for Arrowhead Pride. Ron, I'm going to go to you first. You had some insight on Reed right away because you originally wanted the Chiefs to draft Justin Reed.
2: Yeah, I know, right? How about, uh, Twitter saving the, the drafts make me look, uh, smart, uh, right now. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, Justin Reed, he was from Stanford originally. And, you know, it's kind of cliche to say like the football IQ thing, but that was always kind of a thing with him. And then he kind of had blended it with this, this, uh, you know, instinctual ball put ball making or ball, uh, playmaking skills, I should say. In the NFL, yeah, he's had a great career, man, or a good career, I should say. You know, Houston that hasn't always been uh, relevant, but, you know, in that one season they played the Chiefs in the playoffs, you know, Reed was a huge part of that defense, playing a lot of free safety. Um, and, and But that's the thing. You kind of mentioned it, but he can kind of do a little bit of everything. He can come close to the line of scrimmage like Tyron used to. Um, but I do think he excels mostly as a free safety in the back end of the defense, has really good range, really good speed to kind of cover the entire field, can play a lot of one-high stuff with him. And like I said, he just got ball ball uh, playmaking skills. I mean, it's kind of funny. You you think of him with the Tyree Hill catch. If you guys remember a few years ago, Tyreek Hill kind of caught a huge bomb over him. And that's kind of the lasting memory of Justin Reed. But he does excel in those situations, kind of getting the ball knocked out. Tyreek just got the better of him on that play. But, yeah, he's definitely a, a someone who should be excited for. It's kind of well, exciting to see that.
1: If he has a fear of Tyree Hill, he made the best decision of his life tonight. Yeah, now he exactly. no longer has to play Tyree kill Steve I'll go to you first let's talk about the read deal we'll keep it on that we'll switch gears to Clark in a second what was your reaction to the Chiefs three-year deal looks like 31.5 million dollars includes 20 million dollars guaranteed locking up this 25 year old for the next three years
3: I think it's a great move for the Chiefs it's you know I understand everything that Tyron Matthew did during his time here and there's a legitimate case to be made that he's not only the greatest, like, Chiefs free agent signing ever, he may be, like, one of the greatest free agent signings in NFL history. Like, just I was trying to, yeah. cost-effectiveness and what you got for your money from that free agent signing.
1: I was trying to, you know, jog my memory a little bit. Like, maybe Priest-Helms, but no, that didn't lead to a title. Maybe Len Dawson, but that's just so long ago and it wasn't really even in the modern era of true free agency. It was, like... Hey, you know, this quarterback's available while we sign him, <laughs> and it just worked out. This was like a really strategic move. So I think without a doubt, this is the greatest free agent signing in, in Chiefs history. I'll let you continue, Steve.
3: Yeah, and so, you know, you hate to see him go, but this is kind of, we knew this was coming. We knew that it just did not seem like the Chiefs were willing to bring him back at whatever price tag he was going to go out and try to get I think this is a better deal for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Uh, safety is generally a position that you can find on the open market. There's always a lot of good safeties because they don't tend to cost a ton of money. And only having to give up $20 million guaranteed for a 25-year-old safety. And we're talking about a guy who's got like top three at the position upside, in my opinion, in the right system, which I think this is because Houston's been a dumpster fire and he's still been a good player there. I, I think this is an incredible move for the Chiefs because Justin Reed's going to be able to do everything that you expected Tyron Matthew to do. So he'll be able to step in and take the defense over the same way that the honey badger
1: did. Yeah, the Chiefs really like his football IQ. And, you know, from, from everything outside looking in, this this looks to be their first signing and, and someone that they really wanted in Kansas City. They like the smarts. They like his speed. It's a 4. 4.4, 40-yard dash type of guy and just like Matthew he can play a lot of different positions it's that jack of trades all guy and uh, it's that jack of trades um, safety that Steve Spagnuolo likes and and kind of what the honey badger was able to do and so I think you're seeing a little bit of a theme here we're gonna get to Clark in a second and the Chiefs had to figure something out with that and, and we'll explain why that made more sense to keep him and even despite him being an older player What's interesting about this is the Chiefs say goodbye to Anthony Hitchens. They lean into Bolton and Gay. You have Juan Thornhill, who's still a young player, and you now have Justin Reed. This is a little bit of a youth movement, I think, in Kansas City. I mean, you still have Chris Jones. I know that he's on his uh, second contract uh, now, but still a a young player in what is the prime of his career. The Chiefs felt like, okay, we got young on the offensive side of the football. We're still leaning into Patrick Mahomes. We have a really good young offensive line in place. We got to get younger defensively. And I think that's where you see the Chiefs move on from Tyron Matthew. I really do feel like Brett Veach's words are not just him blowing smoke. I really think the Chiefs organization, the Hunt family, Andy Reid, Spagnolo, I think they really enjoyed having Tyron Matthew on the team. He was a, a great person in the community, both in New Orleans, and then he extended that to Kansas City. He played with a lot of passion. He was a true leader when you think about Eric Berry passing the torch to Matthew and what he was able to do. And the Chiefs made it very clear this was a business decision. They really liked Anthony Hitchens, too. They called him the glue of the defense. But when you play in the salary cap world, you just can't keep everybody. ESPN's Kimberly Martin said the Kansas City Chiefs never offered Tyron Matthew a deal. This was always the plan, was to to go in a, a different direction. And it it really seems like let's – get younger and try to afford some some impact players that we can have for a number of years and guys we really like and guys who just simply are are a bit younger than than Tyron so uh, we will see him playing elsewhere any comments from you Ron on on the Tyron part of this
2: well yeah i mean one of the first things i liked about the signing of of Reed is the youth that you mentioned he's 25 years old you're not you're not overpaying or giving someone you know kind of at a bad time in their in their career or kind of towards the end of it I mean, that's this is the exact prime of his career. We could see the best of Justin Reed, you know, even though he has looked pretty good in the NFL so far. But on the flip side, yeah, that was one concern I had kind of with the the uh, potential of re-signing Tyron is, you know, he he could still be a really good player this next year, maybe even the year after that too. But, you know, for what he could probably demand on the open market, I just feel like he could say a three-, four-year deal from a team, and I just don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing that with where he's at in his age and where it could just be, a drop-off soon. You can't afford to kind of pay someone for what they've already done. You want to pay for some, someone for what they're going to do. And I feel like Justin Reed re- definitely fits that. Like you're paying for him to become maybe even a better player than he already has been. And I think that's a great deal when you think about it like that.
1: Right now at arrowheadpride.com, we have an article on Reed up So if you want to take a look at his highlights, they're they're pretty good. I mean, anyone anyone's highlights are good, but it, it seems like a, a player that they're getting as he's entering his prime and You can vote in our poll. You can also get into a discussion with uh, the comments. haven't written this one up, I will as soon as we're done here with this live podcast. But uh, the other move that comes shortly after we're recording here at at 10.37 p.m. is from Ian Rappaport. First, the the Chiefs agreed to a reworked Frank Clark deal. It looks like a two-year, $29 million base with uh, upside and an incentive to $36 million. This for 2022 winds up being about 11 in savings. Uh I did not expect Frank Clark to be back. But when you do the math of it in this extension, so to speak, you're paying him a little bit more to stay than you would have paid him to not stay. And I think when you think about the deep rotation that is Steve Spagnuolo, I, I think the Chiefs can go out in the open market and they can – they can go and get them what is one impact edge. I don't know if you say goodbye to Frank Clark and you're paying all this money for him to just be gone. You're necessarily getting enough players to do what Spagnuolo likes to do. So I really like this. You save a lot of money and Frank Clark has had his games, right? I mean, he had 29 pressures last year. It's not like he's completely the, the like completely fallen off. I I think he still has his moments. It's just, what you're going to want to see in 2022 is a lot more of those good games than bad games. Steve, we'll go back to you. How do you feel about Frank Clark staying in Kansas city?
3: I wasn't super thrilled about it when it was first kind of being reported this morning that the chiefs were looking at doing something like that. I understand the logic of it, but I I think I'm somebody who's just like, you know, I, I feel like we've seen the best of Frank Clark here in Kansas city. So I was ready for a rebuild because I think that you got to figure out how you can get consistent pressure on this defensive line. And you got to get Chris Jones some help. And I just didn't feel like Frank Clark was necessarily that guy. Now he did have a, a strong run like towards the end of the season. Once he said he was like finally getting healthy. So maybe if he comes back next year, healthy at the cheaper cap number, it's a little bit easier to swallow the fact that he hasn't exactly been like an elite pass rusher or anything like that. But At least this is still – you get the cost-effective Justin Reed deal. You rework his contract, and the Chiefs are still going to have enough money to go out and target a Chandler Jones or a Zadarius Smith, somebody like that. I I think that's still totally within the realm of possibility for them to try to add to the defensive line with one of those big-name guys.
1: And I think it becomes more likely – and Brian Stewart just added this on – on Twitter, I think it becomes more likely to convince Melvin Ingram to come back whenever he gets around to it. I, I think that's a player that maybe you bring into the fold. I don't, I don't know if he necessarily wants to go through OTAs. He kind of has an understanding of the business where if you sign later, you don't necessarily have to go through all those things. But uh, I, I think you bring Clark in, and he's part of the rotation, right? And I don't know if you're going to get the, the Shark 2019 29- 19 version where he just dominated the postseason. But you might, you know, if you get to the postseason, uh, it seems like he does rise to the occasion a little bit more in those bigger games as opposed to, you know, one of the 17 games they have to play in in the regular season. And I I think I like this move a lot more, Ron, if you can get a Smith or a Jones tomorrow or in the coming days.
2: Yeah, that was the point I wanted to make. You know, the whole thing with Frank Clark, the thing people complain about or, you know, what have you. Is that he's just being paid too much compared to what he puts on the field? When you get this restructure done, when you think about potentially signing someone else to be the primary edge, that that best pass rusher on the team, and Frank Clark's more of, the, of a secondary pass rusher, edge rusher, all of a sudden it, it makes a lot more sense. You feel a lot more better about what where Frank Clark is fitting into your team, you know, kind of the role he has. And so yeah, I mean, especially when you put in the context of. You know, you'd be paying him the same if he wasn't on the team. You definitely keep him around. There's, it's a no-brainer. But, yeah, it, as long as it is coupled with a a better edge defender, you know, being pl- playing in Kansas City in 2022, no matter how that happens, if Frank Clark's still your best edge rusher in 2022, it, it's, it's not good. And and then we're not feeling good about it right now. But I, I do feel like they're go- they'll make another move. It could be Melvin Ingram, although I would like to see maybe a little bigger of a move. Let's take that swing on Chandler Jones. I'm surprised we didn't see Jones – Go you know quickly and and I guess there are a, you know a few big names that haven't gone quickly but that makes me knows, think maybe there's a chance maybe
1: and who knows how this goes I mean we're looking at a very skeleton version of the Chiefs defensive line which they intend to re relock and reload and I think it changes your mentality if maybe you do de- get Derek Noddy back on a on a small deal maybe you, you do get Melvin Ingram back we still have yet to really see what Josh Kendo can do I, I got to think with a full offseason the Chiefs are excited about that. Um, You know, Colin Saunders is, is still in the mix. I know that Mike Dana had some upside last year, Turk Wharton, but you go and get that other big name and then maybe you get Ingram later. I think you're feeling pretty good uh, about the defensive line. And I think an underrated part about this that maybe isn't getting talked about a lot is there was a defensive line coaching change this offseason. And so it could be, you know, you have Joe Cullen come in and Brendan Daly moving to linebackers coach. Maybe he gets something out of Frank Clark that maybe Daly couldn't. I think there's, there is something too, when you have fresh starts, it's a similar thing to what, like, what I think about Matt Nagy coming back in the fold and what that could mean for Patrick in the off season and his development. I really think, you know, you, you, it's, it's a lot less talked about, right? They made a defensive line change, but who knows how that motivates even a veteran in Clark and, and here he comes, and, and if you really look at just how much money the, the Chiefs ended up saving, there had to be some desire for Clark to want to continue to be here to, to take this because he could have went his merry way and made a new contract and so on and so forth. So I don't know. I I didn't think that I would wake up and be like, you know what? I'm super pumped that Frank Clark is back, but for that much savings, why not pay a little more? And you just it, – it it becomes money not wasted, right? And who knows – what this new new coach um, gets out of them, and so you know, you yeah, end yeah, this day with the Chargers spending a lot of money. It seems like the Chiefs made some changes. I I want to go back to just the, the first aspect of this, and I I want to ask you guys this question, and then we could we could shut this down. It's already going it to be eleven o'clock in a second here, but who fills the void for defensive leadership now? Because you you know you've said goodbye to Anthony Hitchens, you've said goodbye now unofficially, to Tyron Matthew. It doesn't look like he's going to be back in the fold. My pick would be, okay, of course you lean, lean on to Clark and Jones. Maybe with uh, the other Jones coming into Kansas City, you can find yourself stagnation. nation. I kind of think this might be Juan Thornhill's team. Uh, that that kind of is the name that jumps out to me. When it comes to defensive leadership, Steve, who do, who do you like in, in that role?
3: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's Juan Thornhill. I think we're going to see – Big stuff next season from Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Like they're going to be focal points of the defense and they've kind of been getting groomed by Anthony Hitchens the last couple of years to be like those leaders in the middle of the field for this Chiefs defense and their you know, young linebacking core. So I, I think that they're going to have a big impact for this defense next season. Ron.
2: You know, yeah, I'll jump in. Um, I, it, I love this question. We've talked about it on the pod network. Um, you know, it's, it is an interesting question. And now that Frank is back, it's kind of the easy answer, I do think, is to say Frank Clark. I mean, he's been yeah. the, the emotional leader and just kind of, you know, the lead by example in terms of on the field. I feel like he, he's very tough, all that kind of stuff. But I do, I do think I'll agree with Sir a little bit. I do think Nick Bolton's just going to have to step up. Um, if he's going to yeah. be a green dot, be a Mike linebacker. Um, I, I like your Warren Thornhill pick though, too. And I do feel like he's, he's sort of, you can kind of tell he's trying to embrace that. I think the social media post you can kind of see it kind of, you know, he's a little motivated to be the the primary guy next year in the secondary. Cause I do think when you talk about like little Sneed, he's a great player, but do you see maybe the vocal leadership there? Maybe not. You know, I think that's, that's kind of obvious. So I do think it's between a guy like Juan Thornhill, Nick Bolton. I'm gonna go with Bolton. I think he's kind of comes off as a quiet guy. But I do right. think now that he's stepping into the role, I think he'll be more of a, of a leader.
1: Yeah. I like Nick Bolton too. He, he He's very, he's very mild mannered. And I, I just, you know, I, I just think about Barry to Matthew to X, right. who, who is that guy? Because when you're talking about Eric Barry and Tyron Matthew, man, that those are big shoes to fill. And it's important to have that, that locker room leadership. And you know, you, you know, you don't even have Anthony Hitchens in the mix. So I'm, I'm eager to see how this goes. And look, this is the first day of free agency. I mean, we're not done yet. There could be some defensive veterans added to the mix that we're not even thinking about that can maybe step into that role. But bittersweet night, I think, in Kansas City. I think the, the Chiefs really got the safety that they were looking for, a uh, much younger safety, a much cheaper safety than what Tyron Matthew is going to command. But you're also saying goodbye to one of the most important people in what was Chiefs history. For me, uh, even though it was a short stay, when you think about the, the, the game of football, I think Tyron Matthew is a ring of honor guy. I, I do. I just – I don't think the Chiefs have um, their championship in 2019 without him. I don't think they they would have um, been able to to pull it off. Um, I know, again, it's, it's, it's going to end up being a short stay, but I think years down the line when it's all said and done, um, Matthew probably deserves that. And then you have, uh, again, Frank Clark also seeing in Kansas City. We'll keep it locked in. Keep it loaded. Uh, At ArrowheadPride.com as we go through the tampering and the beginning of the new league year, um, beginning the 2022 NFL season, that'll be coming up on Wednesday. We'll keep you updated both on the website and the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. So for Ron Kopp and Steve Serta, thank you for joining us on this Arrowhead Pride emergency podcast.